right, let's go. Welcome in to the Plank Show right here on the ref. What a day. Yeah, I, um, last night, I got back into my normal routine last night because Wednesday nights are usually kind of still a little bit of a chill night. Got church responsibilities that we take care of and do the family stuff. It's fun. It's really cool. And Wednesday is kind of a chill night, right? It's I start looking at numbers and stats that, you know, people might send in or that are in the game notes and it really starts to get your mind moving towards Saturday. But I got gl- I got glued last night to that volleyball match on ESPN2. I mean, the whole family sitting there watching. It was great. But good times. Welcome into the Plank Show. Welcome into the Plank Show. Today, Joey Helmer will join us from OUinsider.com. And I'm intrigued to talk to Joey about this week because just about everybody who was out at the media avail on Tuesday night seems to think that maybe it wasn't the best practice for the defense, but to me, that's always a sign of having this high level of expectation. What's everyone kind of floating out there all over the intrawebs that seem like there was a defense-only team meeting going on after practice? It was either Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't think it was last night. I think it was Tuesday night. And, you know, I don't try to read into that kind of stuff too much, and I know we do as fans because there's so little information we get during the week. But when I hear those kinds of things, it fires me up as a fan. I know some are like, oh, they can't, they're not handling it and blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. I, I think is, as fans, those types of levels of accountability, that's really cool to see, especially for as far as time on the field for a defense, a relatively young defense, right? There's not a lot of dudes who have been on the field together. You can You can pick out some individuals, right? D.J. Graham's played a lot of football. Woody Washington, Deshaun White have played a lot of football. I don't know. Jalen Redmond has, but in the same vein, it's unfortunate he hasn't really been able to get through a full season without something costing him a snap or two. But, you know, what is that? I mean, math, you know, four of 11 guys, so not even half of your defense that's that's been out there and, and has worked together. And Reggie Grimes was a 100-snap guy the last few years, but – as as far as the role he's playing, it's still it's still very interesting, you know, to see what they've done through three games and how much inexperience there was coming into the season. Well, I'm fired up. I'm excited for Saturday. Good morning, Josh Helmer. I'll take it that you weren't into volleyball as much as I was because you were all over cross country and track and field last night, correct? Had a Norman High cross-country show. That is correct. Scott Menard, his team were were awesome. We had a y- young man, Dane Adams, that uh, I really probably should have just given him the headset and said, all right, here's the Norman cross-country show. Take it away. Which is, <laughs> you know, obviously, that's always a broadcaster's best friend. But, man, is that really – are people buying that with the, the defense for Oklahoma? That would be unique, a – players only meeting after a practice i don't know that right. i've heard of that before well i think here's what it is here's what it is i i don't I, I think the best way to put it is 
you have a group in everyone that covers the media and is consistently at every single avail, and there's only certain viewing times that they get, right? And so you tend to overanalyze a little bit of everything. And when you see one group that seems to be kind of huddled together while everyone else is gone, I think you draw a lot of conclusions from it, right? And I see at least on on my Twitter timeline and in the, the podcast that I consume, it seems to kind of be a, a very small narrative, right? I mean, we're spending two seconds on it here to start the show, and that's about it. But if they're if they're out there trying to continually get better and holding each other accountable on things, Josh, that's that's good news in my book. Good news. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a negative thing. It's just, again, it's unusual if indeed this is happening or did happen because typically we see these players-only meetings when uh, it feels like the sky's falling down, right? When you give up 37 points and, and lose because you couldn't get a stop right. late or, or, you know, offensively you have a bunch of problems where you're turning the football over. I mean, to, to think that this would happen after a practice is unique, and sure. I'm here right. for it. But- I'm here for it. Right. So there you go. That's kind of been a little bit of a story that started to percolate, but not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. Though we're debuting somewhat of a new segment. Now, we're very big on this here radio network on things being in numbers, right? You've got Toby's Three Things. We've got our fire, our uh, Newcastle Casino Top 5 Stories of the Day. Um, we've got our six-pack of picks. I don't know. It's something like in my mind. But, you know, sometimes the criticism that we'll get from the royal you is, oh, you guys are just homers. You're always going to blow smoke, which I would say, have you listened to Teddy? <laughs> have, have, you, have you really drilled in and, and paid attention to what Parker and Tyler are saying? Or do you just hear the homer Sooner fans and think all we're going to do is, is paint the sky crimson and cream? So... I, I don't know. We're still kind of workshopping the name for it, right? And a sponsorship. But, like, Thursday thoughts, Thursday concerns, Thursday issues, things that – it is Thursday, right? It is Thursday. Okay, good, it's Thursday. Just things, Josh, that maybe you look at, and even if it's 3-0 and or 11-0 and or 12-0 and or 13-0, and that you look at and say, this is something that I'm still a little worried about. And we'll perme- and it doesn't have to just be OU football. We can push it across all sports, and we'll also balance it. Because I, I think of myself as a glass-half-full kind of guy, right? I think if you listen to this show, I'm a pretty positive person. But I just I still feel like there needs to be some things that – and you know the coaches are all, all over it, right? I mean, they're all over. There is no such thing as a perfect performance ever. But just some Thursday thoughts coming up at 10 a.m. this morning. Things that maybe you look at and you realize, okay, I hope that gets better. I'll tease one right here. Or actually, I'll just lay out one that's on my list. Because I've got about two or three things that just continue to permeate throughout this week. The kicking game. Kicking game. Uh, Again, it didn't really matter in the grand scheme of things with the way the game went on cert day. But a missed field goal. And... You've won three games by a rather significant total. So I don't think that you're in a situation where you worry about it now. But with all of the, the gushing about a, a, a special teams unit, Josh, that is going out 
and being aggressive and returning punts and and taking balls from the end zone. Uh, the punt game of Michael Turk, which is still jaw dry. He's had a couple of mishits this year, but still, uh, even his mishit against Nebraska rolled down and put put him inside. I think their own fifteen, if I remember correctly. But that 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 true place kicking that field goal game, Josh. If there is one area that I'm like, huh, maybe going forward, I'm a little bit worried about that. That might be that might be one that falls in that category, right? And a 39 yarder. That's something that. It's in range. You feel like if you're at 39 yards, you want to be hitting that every single time you get it because somewhere down the road, that could be the difference, right, between staying perfect, you know, getting into the Big 12 championship game, a win or a loss. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So we'll get into it coming up at the the top of the 10 o'clock hour. But, you know, as as I've started to die – first, I want to – I'm going to pause on K-State talk for just a second, Josh, just just real quick. Because I want to put an end, at least for the three hours that we get every single day, to talking about this Bedlam story, right? Um, and here's why. Because I've realized how stupid people are. And I say this with peace and love. I mean, it's just mind-boggling how it just this is a tit for tat back for fourth that has absolutely there's there's not going to be a winner in this right and neither side's caving and i and neither side of the end says well it doesn't here here's the best thing about these fights right well it doesn't matter to me i don't care i don't care if it's played anymore at all but you're wrong <laughs> it's like, what i how about this bob stoops um, he was on with Teddy and Tyler. Brought up a great point about the future of Bedlam. He was on with us on XM yesterday. Brought up a great point. He's like, listen, I'm not going to get involved in this back or forth. We're not going to have a problem filling our stadium. You know, things are going to be fine. And 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 in my mentions are, oh, well, what is that supposed to mean? What, fill, do people fill up the XFL arenas? I'm like, that has nothing to do with this. Absolutely. You know, the concern is, like, think about, Texas Tech, and I've brought this up quite a bit. Did you know what Texas Tech announced this week, Josh? They announced a sellout for the first time in three years, and that that I think it was Tech Tina might correct me, but I think it was eight. It was like eighteen or nineteen, and they sold out two games. They sold out Oklahoma and Texas, and when Texas and so their sellout this weekend is for the Texas game, and I'm going to go out on a limb. And unless the bottom falls out for Tech this year, there's a really good chance that that final segment, that final game of the season, is going to be a sellout for for Texas Tech. Right? They sell out two games consistently: Oklahoma and Texas Tech. Uh, Oklahoma and Texas, excuse me. Their concern is with Texas leaving for the SEC that they're not going to have these consistent sellouts because there's a lot of Texas fans in Texas, right? And they've even gone as far as trying to come. I've brought this all up. They've come with a plan. Their athletic director has gone back and forth with Chris Del Conte. They claim there was a handshake agreement, a 20-year agreement, blah, blah, blah. And apparently there isn't. That means a lot to Texas Tech to have Texas on their schedule. Oklahoma State, who, guys, it's not, it's not digging for some sort of storyline. They struggle to fill their stadium. They do. And they shouldn't. The diehard fans deserve a, a sold-out stadium. The players do, but it's just it's been a struggle, just like it's been for my alma mater. 
for Tulsa. And there's one guaranteed sellout they always have, and that's Oklahoma. But I, 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 there's a part of me that appreciates the approach. They're not, in their mind, going to have a problem selling tickets with the non-conference schedule they have coming in, which, fine. But there's no way around the argument that when Oklahoma comes to Stillwater, Josh, they usually sell out. And if not, it's usually their biggest crowd of the year, right? It's been a huge game for them in that regard. I mean, yes, it's a slam dunk guaranteed sellout. And basically, you're saying no thanks to that moving forward, which, you know, the rest of your schedule, you're not given that. You're not guaranteed that. Yeah. Now, I know someone's, well, what about this year? But you're right. There's going to be other games where they pop up. But that, to me, is kind of at the crux of my confusion whenever they're like, well, bleep you, go on, it's over. Okay. I mean, that's fine. And and even in what Coach said the other day on XM, Oklahoma's not going to have a problem filling their schedule or or filling their, their stadium. And it's not a shot to say, well, you can't. But it's been a big boon for Oklahoma State whenever Oklahoma goes there. So I just, I get, it makes me so angry. I'm so mad this is ending, right? I can't believe we couldn't figure it out. And we're playing a very childish game. And Mike Gundy adds to the childish nature of it with how he approached it the other night. And he's trying to tell everyone that, well, it's childish. Okay, when Oklahoma left for the SEC, we knew this was a possibility. Absolutely. And everyone prepared for it. But this back, no one's gonna, no one's ever gonna say, "Yeah, you're right. It's all our fault." Or, "Yeah, you're right. We need you." Or, "Yeah, you're right." And that's just never gonna happen in this. So, we'll move forward. But it's wild to me, Josh, how in the last when did the story break? Monday, Tuesday, in the last forty-eight, seventy-two hours, just how caustic this has become. I mean, go look at the mentions under the tweet and anything with anyone talking about Bedlam coming to an end. Go look at them. It's crazy. It's insane is what it is. But in the end, isn't that college football? Isn't that what a rivalry is all about? Right? It should be. Yeah. I mean, it should be. Do you subscribe to the theory that the respective reactions from the two fan bases says more about how – it is, in fact, a rivalry, then it's not? Yes. Yes. I've said that from day one. The way people are acting magnifies to me it's a rivalry. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's what makes college football great. Oklahoma State fan can say, you follow Texas to the, to the SEC. Soft. Oklahoma fan can say, good luck selling out your stadium without us on your schedule. Oklahoma State fan can say, "Yeah, well, you're getting, you're going to get kicked in your new. Good luck facing Alabama every year." Oklahoma fan can say, "Yeah, it's easier than beating a team that's going to be more challenging than 90 wins in a rivalry game." Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> it's your fault. Well, we tried to do it, and you said no. I mean, that's literally every single text thread, tweet thread. That you see on this topic right now. Yeah, you summarized it pretty My well. Daughter's, That's it. <laughs> I, I think I got I think I nailed it, right? That's a rivalry. That's a rivalry, peeps. And it's fun. 
It's fun. But I think we've got – I mean, there is just – there's not going to be an end in sight. And you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if if you see cooler heads come out in a year or two from now and they say, we've agreed on X, Y, and Z dates. The funny thing about all this, too, is, you know, there's about 12 current teams as members of the Big 12 that if their phone rang, they're gone in a heartbeat, too. So – I mean, we can talk about loyalty and caring, but if the SEC invited Oklahoma State and didn't invite Oklahoma, Cowboys would have been out that door. Same thing for the Big Ten. So, again, I'm falling into that trap, Josh, right, because that's what happens when you start really digging into this. It goes back and forth nonstop. And it's just it's exhausting, especially when you have such a fun slate of games coming up this weekend. And when I say it's exhausting, it's kind of funny because it is content, and it's content that we dig. I just wish – I just wish this could have dropped in June, July, or maybe even early August for us. Could Brett McMurphy had held off on his report until like mid-February or something, whenever the football season is over, and we're counting down to recruiting classes and things of that nature? The good news is it will drop in February because it did drop in February and it did drop last July. So this story, I'm sure we'll revisit it here in Two or three more months, and it'll be breaking news again that Bedlam not going to continue. Yeah, absolutely. All righty. Let's take a break. I'm not, I'm not chastising anyone. Do be you. Be you. But it's just a – can we call a moratorium for a while? Can we just – can we have a, a, a peace summit? What did, what did Obama do a couple years ago? They had a beer summit. Can we have a beer summit and just – like everyone kind of come together and realize we got an awesome season of college football ahead about us uh, ahead of us. Let's worry about the future when if if you want to the week of bedlam or when the season is over. It's just it's hilarious. I mean, you want some fun, go read these mentions. And then people create a fake Twitter account and then everyone gets mad and it goes uh, it's just exhausting. Quick break. When we come back, Things that caught my eye about the Kansas State Wildcats next right here on The Ref. Oh, we have breaking news. We have breaking news. This makes it official. Um, Sherry Cole did reply to me last night. I did not, I did not catch this. Someone on the Air Comfort Solutions text line did. Thank you, Coach. So I put a poll up because I thought I remembered Coach saying something about this on her coach's show with Toby a while back, and I was working on the script. Well, I say script, my note cards for the groundbreaking on Friday, one thirty. Love's Field groundbreaking. Um, be there. There's going to be uh, the now. I'm just going to try to lay. The team's going to be there, but the team is there, you know, to celebrate the opening. I don't. There's not going to be like a an autograph signing or anything of that nature. They've got practice, and I'm pretty, pretty sure the practice starts at two. So they've got practice, and so it's basically turning some dirt, taking some pictures, and celebrating uh, not just Sooner softball, but the great commitment of the Oklahoma uh, of Love's travel stops and the OU athletic department, right, to to make this a reality. So I asked, which one is proper? Today is an historic day. Today is a historic day, a historic day, if you will. And it was funny 
because of how speaking of uh, speaking of comments that are an absolute s show right now go down through this it's fantastic it's fantastic but we drew nearly 600 votes and today is a historic day one by well is winning 73% to 26% and literally the very first tweet after that says 73% of you are wrong so, in my mind, I was like, listen, I'm going to turn to the person that has always been my grammar expert, and that's Sherry Cole, who last night retweeted it and said, it's A, it's all about the sound the H makes. An hour, because the H is hard, a historic, because the H is soft. That one always seems to trick people. Hashtag, the more you know. There you go, Josh Helmer. It is official. Now, do I take the tweet down or I just leave it up and let people keep voting on it and fighting over it? No, I mean, I think obviously you got to let people fight and vote. <laughs> I I got to be honest with you. My kids, my daughters, you know, I, I've got a, an 8-year-old and a 14-year-old. And my 8-year-old is in third grade. My 14-year-old is in eighth grade. And when my 14-year-old asks for help on her homework, Josh, I run and hide. It's like, oh, no, I can't help you with that. I have no idea, no clue. But when my 8-year-old, I'm like, ah, I can help you with that a little bit. And they were working on, you know, she's learning cursive, which, why are we teaching kids cursive? What are we doing right now? I mean, the last time I used cursive was when I was signing my name. She's all into it, but I'm like, you're never going to use cursive. But I digress. Everyone is, and that's <laughs> it's a lost art. Right. When was the last time you wrote anything in cursive? I mean, never. Signing right. my signature exactly. on a ticket or whatever, but even then it's just it's chicken scratch. <laughs> you know what? And it's kind of funny, too, because every so often if you try to write a Z in cursive, you're like, oh, um, try a capital to Q. Imagine my man Quinn whenever he asked. I don't even know how to make a capital to Q in, in cursive. But she was talking about you know name, words. She does her spelling words every day. And we test her on her spelling words. And there's certain, you know, you think about words that are spelled the way they are that make no sense. And she's had a couple of those. And I have no way. She's like, why is that like that? And my response is always, because because it is. I don't know how to help you. Um, I, I wish I could. See, what was one that she had the other day? Um, honest. There's a good one. She had Honest. And it was like, O-N-E-S-T. I'm like, oh, there's an H in there. She's like, where? I'm like, the first word. She's like, how come it's not pronounced? I'm like, I don't know. She's like, so it's honest? I'm like, no, it's honest. She goes, well, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, you're right. I, I don't know English. how to explain it. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> I think Island was one she had the other day, too. And I was like, think of it as Island. And she's like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, Exactly. So thank you, Sherry Cole. You helped. Mundo. You helped. You helped make me feel a little bit smarter about things. I've been thinking a lot, Josh Helmer, as we welcome you back into the Plank Show. We are on the road today. If I came out hot today, failed to mention we're at Cavens Construction four zero five five seven three three zero four eight online at CavensConstruction dot com. Um, it's it's going to be a fun day because uh, we're going to get a chance to talk to, and I don't think we've ever had Josh on before. 
But Josh is going to join us at 11.30 this morning. So we'll have a Josh, a Joey, and another Josh on the show today. But you name it, Cavens has you covered, environmental needs, uh, concerns about your roof. Chris has you covered on that front. And you know, basically your one-stop shop, especially from the maintenance side of things. So CavensConstruction.com. But I've been thinking a lot about a couple of things with Kansas State. Number one, the text we got yesterday from, I believe it was Alex, in thinking about that turnover margin in the five losses that Oklahoma had against Kansas State since 2000. And I feel like I feel like every single Kansas State loss for some reason, it's like you can always it, it was stinging. It hurt. The 20, tw- uh, the 2020 loss, right? Was the game that Oklahoma had complete control of. Complete control of. And it was hot that day. You had, I think Spencer had a fumble, a Seth McGowan turnover. I think you ended up with three turnovers in that day. That hurt. 2019 hurt because it was a team with Jalen that you, at that point, you were like, oh, okay. It's a good football team. And then, of course, the CD near onside kick, or he did recover it. And the controversy over the instant replay, that was the game that I think what Parnell Motley got kicked out of and Laren Turner yelled, didn't play the second half. So think just about 2019 real quick in comparison to this year's team. Parnell got kicked out, and at that point it was like Jalen, Jaden Davis was forced to play. And look where he is today. DeLaren Turner got kicked out, and you didn't have any depth at safety. I mean, literally, Turner Yell and Pat Fields played every snap. So it's kind of wild to see where this team is today as opposed to then. But the point is Kansas State's losses seem to come at the most stinging time possible. I mean, I even go back to 12, right? And there's three of the five losses right there. In 2012, when we're home, I mean – it's almost as if looking back now, Oklahoma tried <laughs> with all the things that went wrong, right? It's like, what are we doing? Blake Bell fumbles on the goal line. Landry Jones, what was it, a pick six that he had? You missed two, a, a, an extra point, a couple chip shot field goals, a 19-yard field goal in the fourth quarter. Anyway, but I've been thinking a lot about turnover margin. And it's wild that every single one of those games that we're talking about, there is like a gut-wrenching turnover. And when you look at the numbers in those in, in four of those five losses, uh, in those five losses, Oklahoma was a minus thirteen in the turnover margin, and in four of those five losses, the Sooners actually outgained Kansas State. The only exception was what would that be the the two thousand and three Big Twelve Championship game. So, I, I know we got a break, Josh, and it's nine thirty five. But does Saturday come down to a very simple kind of charge? Don't turn the ball over. Protect the football. And, again, it's a good Kansas State team. I know it comes off a loss to Tulane, so everyone suddenly thinks they stink. But that's a good defensive football team. And it's not your typical – I saw Shep tweet about this last night. You know, we they play faster. It's not your typical plotting squad. Colin Klein, their offensive coordinator, former quarterback, who was on the field in 2012 in that game, they play a different type of offense. They move. 
But is it a simple, and I know that for some people you're like, yeah, duh, it's every game, but at least in this rivalry is protecting the football, doing something the Sooners have done well so far this year? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously one of the biggest keys for sure. And Oklahoma has literally coughed this game up in the past, at home especially, versus Kansas State. I don't know that it's as simple as just the turnover battle. I mean, to me, I look at this game and – Yes, I agree. I, I don't see Oklahoma losing the game unless they lose the turnover battle by a couple or maybe even you know three turnovers. The other thing that I, I will take into consideration a little bit is special teams has gone horrifically wrong against Kansas State in a lot of these losses too. So that's another piece of the puzzle that I think you know, you always look at the third phase as an equalizer, right? It could be an equalizer. Right. So that's the other part that I think if, if you're Oklahoma, don't get a punt blocked. Don't allow a punt return touchdown. Don't miss chip shot field goals like we've seen Oklahoma miss in this game in the past. So, yes, the the turnovers, I do think, I mean, look, it probably is kind of as simple as that. But then the other caveat I would toss on top of that is don't be horrifically bad in special teams either. Right. First, the, just I was rolling through the text messages, and literally this one just popped in for the 405. Come on now. Why y'all got to reopen old K-State wombs? Got me feeling nervous now. No, I'm, I'm always nervous against Kansas State. I'm always nervous against Kansas State. Always. And there's, there's always a storyline going into the game. The – gosh, look. This The history of this series is fascinating, right? And it starts with Bob being a Kansas State guy. Brent's a Kansas State guy now, too. Um, the domination that Oklahoma had always seemed to have against Kansas State because they weren't a very good football program until Bill Snyder got there. But it's just it's it's always been a, a, a fun game, a hard game. It always, and there's always something that is leading into it or something that happens in the game that is – Pretty magical, right? From a Hunter Wall fake punt to a Rodney Anderson walk-off touchdown to whenever things you know don't go well, Skylar Thompson out there looking like Joe Montana to Darren Sproles. I mean, there's always and I mean, gosh, I remember that the airplane. Remember the airplane, the airport. Sooners got stuck at the airport and couldn't get out to go to Manhattan because of plane issues and for an 11 a.m. game they literally left the airport at oh gosh I want to say it was like 10 30 at night whenever we were supposed to leave at like one or two and then had to turn around and play an 11 a.m. game that kind of brought that team together I think that was coming off a loss that was coming off a Texas loss it went out so there and all, ripped them the um and I feel like every time we've gone to Manhattan outside of 19, Oklahoma smoked them. I mean, just handled them. So it's fun, man. It's a fun rivalry, kind of a sneaky good rivalry because sometimes you're so caught up in OU Texas, uh, Bedlam, if you will. OU Kansas State has ended up being one of the most challenging games on the schedule. And as the 918 points out, Sooners have lost six of uh, are 6-4 and four in their last 10. Now, new era, new coach, new perspective, but three of those four losses have been in Norman, and every single one of them stung. But control the turnover battle, 
I think the Sooners have a chance to roll on Saturday. All right, um, let's hit the best of your Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405. No, 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 sir, you're incorrect. I don't know how to correct you on this, but I was on the plane. It wasn't Kansas. It was Kansas State. I was there. I was waiting in the airplane, watching a soccer match. Thank you. Uh, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. It's the best of the early texts next on the Home of Sooner Fans. Literally for a moment at the start of that, I was like, what spot is that? (laughs) Hour one of the Plank Show is brought to you by the good folks at Van Hoos Fence. Mark and Tessa online at vhfence.com. That's vhfence.com. Uh, let's hit a couple air comfort solutions. Text, always fun. Um, yeah, DeMarion Overshone was denied the appeal for his targeting penalty yesterday. Now, we had a little back and forth yesterday where we were fighting over whether or not a texter had asked about DeMarion Overshone being suspended for the alleged arrest, which he was cited, but it was like in December, or if it was for the targeting. Now I've gone back and I'm glad this te- I'm glad this literally just hit the inbox. Literally just hit the inbox. Demarion Overshone was denied his appeal for targeting. I'm not sure how else you're supposed to sack the quarterback. That was pretty much a textbook tackle. They're claiming the quarterback was defenseless, and based on the rule, it's pretty much up to the ref's discretion. I went. I'm glad, dude. I got to give this guy a name. He's a good texter to the show from the 405. I don't. Deshaun White was targeting. That was that was targeting. I mean, and he even said it, and he's like, I made a mistake. Uh, and he was playing great before the targeting call. When they talk about textbook, that was textbook. Um, the NFL has, has thankfully kind of started to go a little bit from the weight of the body on the quarterback. Though, I mean, you get anywhere near a quarterback's legs, Josh. They are. I mean, you touch an ankle, and they're throwing. The, oh, he's hitting him low. But I don't, I don't know anymore in some instances what you're supposed to do. Like as a defensive back, when a, when a wide receiver puts his head down and starts to go forward, or your natural momentum brings your body down. And I watched the Mario Overshone hit a few times. I, I don't know. I, and on the appeal, it was still denied is kind of what blew my mind a little bit. I feel like we're trying to determine intent uh, – when it's just it's impossible to do so. So I'm glad you brought that up. I was I was just shocked. I was shocked to see that he was suspended for the game this weekend. All right, what is it, the first half this weekend against Texas Tech? Because didn't he come uh, at the time where he'd only missed a half, or is he out for the whole game? I'm watching this as we speak. It's terrible. Yeah, Ed. it's terrible, right? Terrible that he got ejected for targeting. There's no Thanks, way Austin. that it should have been upheld. That is uh, just atrocious. Yeah, it's bad. It was bad. So his targeting appeal was rejected by the NCAA, which is just shocking. Absolutely shocking to me. All right. A couple of other air comfort solutions texts is the show. Um, I, I think I think we started getting a little bit in on Bedlam and tried to put a pause to it. But here's what the four oh five said. Plank the fan reactions are to be expected. The the custing 
I think he's starting to say the disgusting. The disgusting part is the spin and misinformation being presented by Poke Media. That is the big storyline not being talked about. No, I, I think they're talking about it. I think that they're they're basically saying, well, yeah, we know you're you're offering to play us, but it's too late, right? <laughs> oh, well, we didn't do anything wrong. You want to still play us? Yeah, no, you left us. And I think that's kind of been the mindset of it. Uh, I think Burley writes, we got to name the show to Plank on Point. No, no, no. It's, it's going to be Plank and Josh or Josh and Plank or the Josh Helmer show featuring Chris Plank in some way, shape, or form always. But maybe... Maybe we can work on point in for some of our elite roofing who's on top because I don't think we were on point on, on Thursday or Friday last week, Josh. <laughs> I think I think you went with Donovan Smith and I think I went with Adrian Martinez, right? If I'm remembering correctly. <laughs> I don't know. I that doesn't sound accurate to me. Hold on. Hold on. Let me look. I think I've been trying to write him down. More often than not. Man, I didn't hear. Son of a... It might be on another sheet somewhere. You didn't... So you didn't take Donovan Smith then? No, I definitely did, but I wish that oh, I okay, had. okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, we're on point, Burley. We're on point. Um, how about that? Realtor Chris. Chance to worry Thursday? Okay. I'm. Uh, it's under consideration. It's coming up at 10 a.m. <laughs> I like... I like the text. It says, you guys don't know Zach Schmidt about football. No, I, I know the kicker's name. I'm sorry. I just every so often I'm like, is it is it Gabe Burkett? It's a, no, no. Is it is it still Michael Honeycutt? No. When it's a new kicker, it usually takes me about three games. I'm like, oh, yeah, the, Zach, the Schmidt kid, Zach Schmidt. Change of topic for two seconds, writes the 405. The transformation in football is amazing. We're all giddy. Doesn't basketball start soon? Are we going to be any good? Or is it just a passive time until football starts again next year? Ah. No, I think both teams are going to be really good. This is like a top 10 team, if not better, for Jeannie Baranchek. They've got some size. Taylor Robertson, Maddie Williams are back. Ana Yanousa is healthy. So women's hoops is loaded and... Porter seems really excited about his team too. Now, uh, I'm. It's really hard for me to get into college basketball until January, but I'm going to do my best to be better about it this year. Better about it this year. Um, and for the five eight zero, real quick, if Oklahoma State doesn't want to keep playing, why don't we get Kansas State as a non con going forward because of the competitive nature uh, that this series has been? I wouldn't be opposed to that. But, I mean, if Oklahoma State doesn't want to play Oklahoma anymore, Josh, then who out of the Big 12 would you not mind seeing a series continue with? Kansas State would have to be pretty high on that list, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, it'd be a good good matchup to continue. I don't know if... Baylor would be really high. I mean, I like Baylor and all, but they don't it do much for me. Yeah, I don't know, but th- it feels like they're trending in the best direction. Sure. The bottom line is, actually, o- I... o- Oklahoma is not going to worry about trying to continue a series with any of these teams no. not named Oklahoma State. That's right. And now that Oklahoma State has shown an unwillingness to want to continue it, even though 
uh, I'll go ahead and say Oklahoma State and say, well, it's your fault in the first place because you left. All right. Uh, then I don't really see the need to go scratch and claw and try to schedule another Big 12 teams unless it happens to fall perfectly on your schedule. And I think that they all would welcome the opportunity to play Oklahoma. I guarantee you Kansas State would. Guarantee you Baylor would. Guarantee you Tech would. All right, it's 952. we got a break. When we come back, let's uh, a couple of other notes. Caught my eye from game notes. Uh, we'll get into Thursday thoughts coming up at 10 a.m. this morning, plus Josh Helmer's big brother, Joey, at 11 a.m. right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh on Plank. Today is a significant anniversary in the world of sports. And significant. And? And? Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, uh, go ahead. 2007 was the I'm a man, I'm 40 rant from Mike Gundy. I didn't realize it was 15 years ago. But the only, first of all, I I still kind of crack up that it was over Bobby Reed 15 years later, that that's, that's what this was about, Talons, former Talons quarterback Bobby Reed. But the only regret that I have is that historically no one remembers the Mike Leach rant that same night in which he fired his defensive coordinator after the game. And the defensive coordinator he fired after that game, Josh, never coached again. <laughs> Literally. Somebody give me a 30 for 30 on the Mike Leach rant that night because the Gundy was great. I think the Mike Leach was actually a little bit better. All right. Thursday thoughts next.